Ahoy ahoy, and welcome to What We Consume, a show about all the things we put into our minds and bodies. I'm your host, King Hagathor, and with me as always is... Hey, it's me, Kevin. And, dude, today I felt awful, and I was tired the whole day for some reason, and I don't know why, but I saw these two beautiful faces pop up on my screen on Discord, and I was like, holy crap, I'm energized, and now now I feel good, and they're bringing me happiness and joy. Does he have his separate Discord open? <laughs> uh, and uh, once again, we are joined by our good friend, Mike. I, I really like, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm here. I, I like how Kevin always explains, like, oh, my, I had a bad day today, but, or I'm just feeling drained today. It's, it's his, I like his little shtick at the beginning. I'm also slurping on some Grimace cum, so. What we consume, which is which, which is a, which is a milkshake for McDonald's, because supposedly it's grimace. It's his, birthday. his birthday. He's never had a birthday before this. This was his first one. And explain what who what he looks like. He's he kind of looks like a chicken nugget, or a big purple. purple butt plug. But he's actually he's a he's a taste bud. Uh, that's what he's. I don't. Oh, what? Yeah. Have you ever seen like what a taste bud looks like under a micron or a, like a microscope? No. They're like a purple blob looking thing. So that's what the. That that's what he's based. <laughs> and that on was there. their intention from the beginning. Yes. All right. Anytime I think of like big purple stuff. My, my mind goes back to Barney, and I get such nostalgia feelings. It's so weird. Like I can, like I can physically, like put myself in the place of when I was like three or four, and remember how I felt when I was watching Barney, and like I, I don't know, dude. It's like one of the, it's one of the most, uh, like grounding things that I can do, like nostalgia wise, with uh, with Purple and Barney. It's cool. Yeah, it's like uh. It's like uh, Barney and the Joker are the antithesis of each other. Like, like the Joker is basically Barney's Waluigi. I, would, yeah, I agree. That would be same same color scheme and everything. That would be a crazy like a uh, multiverse like comic that if they wrote that together and like they're <laughs> Barney and Joker. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Batman hunting down Barney. It would be <laughs> like, wonderful. Just beating the shit out of a big purple dinosaur. And then, like, the Joker's in the Barney-verse. And he's, like, trying to teach kids life lessons or whatever. With the Probably other the Joker is. twist about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the, end, right. they all, at the end, they all hug because Barney won. Yeah. That makes sense. Let's uh, send that... Uh, Send that to DC. See, see if uh, we can get that working out. And now I'm feeling, now I'm feeling like more happiness because now I'm thinking about reading Rainbow. We got to do an episode on reading Rainbow. There's got to be a lot to unpack with that show. Uh, I'll look into it. I don't really know because Levar Burton seems like a pretty wonderful guy. I'm not sure how much there is to mine there, but but maybe. I, I, I I like his daughter. His daughter's pretty cool. His daughter is pretty cool. The reason I was talking about reading Rainbow is because, he, I mean, he's got to be, like, one of the first, like, black, like, actors or something that's in that type of, like, a uh, role, right? In that time? Like, children's programming? 
Yeah, yeah, like like specialized children's programming, like a Mister Rogers or like a um, I don't know, something like like some of those other shows. There was a couple other things, but uh, but they were mostly like guest hosts or or just like like commentators that I don't think I can I can't really think of anything where like he like. They were the definitive host of a show like that. I mean, there was like the Jeffersons and uh, that kind of stuff that I believe came out first. But yeah, but those are sit- um, those are sitcoms. Nothing like yeah. nothing where your kid is waking up in like the mornings or on like Saturdays to where you're learning from like a, a black dude, regardless well, if they're well. White there was or... that guy on Sesame Street um, who was pretty prominent i think he just died a couple years ago but um yeah but i mean sesame but but sesame street is about like he's not he's not the host though he's not like the entire show right no he's not the entire show yeah so i i i I just i would i'm wondering what his like cultural impact was to that like scope like I, i bet it was big i'll look into it um but uh today we uh well boys we're back uh Basically, where we picked up last, or where we left off last week, uh, where we read a variety of stories from the internet, and that's kind of where we're going to be picking up this week, because I've got a couple stories from my childhood involving the internet, and they blend last week's uh, episode together with this week. So, stories from the internet, and man-eaters. Man, all my stories from the internet are just going to be video game related. Well, now you know... Now you know multiple stories about people ejaculating where they shouldn't, so you got that going for you. Yeah, so much knowledge learned that's useful in uh, the real world. That might be on Jeopardy one day. Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so um, when I was a kid, my dad, my uncle, and my grandpa were fairly computer savvy. Nothing crazy, but they were able to pick up and understand most of the usual programs, which wasn't exactly a guarantee in the 90s. I mean, hell, it's not a guarantee now. Uh, as such, my dad was getting emails in the 90s and early 2000s, which, again, not the biggest achievement, but an important factor in the story. So back in the late 90s, early 2000s, a popular thing on the internet was chain emails and hoaxes. Obviously, there were chain letters before this and chain texts and Facebook posts after this, but this was a prime time to receive an email for, about just, like, some absolutely random shit from a friend or a scammer. Um... In this case, my dad had a friend that would send him stories he would find. Sometimes they were real, sometimes they were blatant fakes, sometimes they'd be jump jump scare pranks. So it was always a crapshoot what he would get, but if he sent something interesting or funny, my dad tended to share it with us, mainly my brother and I. Um, And this first story was pretty wild. It was a new story about a new world record giant grizzly in Alaska. The story was that a Forest Service worker was hunting deer when he was suddenly charged by the biggest grizzly bear ever seen. The bear was only 10 meters away when it charged, and it could cover that distance in the blink of an eye. The forest worker's reflexes were so swift he was able to unload his semi-automatic 7mm magnum rifle into the bear, bringing it down mere feet in front of him. That's where the real horror began. Uh, So in the Discord, I sent you three pictures... uh, the grizzly uh, picture is from this story. Well, it's not from this story, but it was used in this uh, story. I'm seeing a pig. It's the, There's three pictures. It's okay. the top right one. Oh, I see it. Poor little guy. He didn't deserve that. 
don't know what you're saying. Little. This thing was fucking huge. Hey, all all puppies are little. It's not a puppy. It's a bear. It's a, it's a little puppy that should that could have had love. So the forest worker examined the dead bear to find that it stood twelve point five feet or three point one or sorry three point eight one meters tall at the shoulder, and it weighed sixteen hundred pounds, which is seven hundred and twenty five point seven four kilograms. Meaning on its hind legs, it could basically see over a one-story house, and it was basically a wrecking ball with claws the size of a man's torso. And that's the actual picture of it, or like... That's the picture used in the story. Okay. So the worker tracked where the bear came from and found that he was not its first target. The bear had a den nearby where the worker found multiple partially eaten human remains. The article also included a picture of one of the victims, a human leg from the hip down stripped to the bone of flesh, except for bits here and there, uh, besides part of the shorts and the hiking shoes still attached to the foot. Needless to say, it was a pretty grisly picture. (laughs) Nice pun. Nice, nice pun. Mike was just stone faced. (laughs) Um, you, you You gave us a look and I was like, I know he wants something out of us. And I was like, should I give it to him or not? I was like, it was like, it's like one of those little kid looks to where like they pull off the simplest <laughs> joke in the world and they're looking at their parents like, I am awesome. And I was like, you little shit. That's I was I'm honestly, <laughs> I was honestly hoping for more groans, but I'll take what I can get. I actually did that earlier. Um, one of the guys at work said he didn't like the actress uh, Reese Witherspoon. I said about Reese without her spoon. Oh, guys. Uh, anyways, I couldn't find that picture of the leg. It, uh, it was pretty gnarly, but, um, like, it's seared into my brain, because I saw this when I was, like, nine. It was just like, holy shit. But it wasn't long before the internet sleuths tracked down the source of the pictures and found the story to be heavily embellished in some areas and downright false in others. The bear from the photos was hunted legally by an airman named Ted Winnan. The bear was shot in the head with a .338 Winchester Magnum, not a 7mm Magnum, and after it collapsed, Winnan shot it several more times in its vitals to ensure it was dead. The bear was 10.5 feet tall, which is 3.2 meters, and weighed between 1,000 and 1,200 pounds, or less than 500 kilograms. Still a big beast, but nowhere near the story's claim. Experts also concluded that the victim's photo showed no signs of being inflicted by a bear at all and possibly photoshopped. Again, couldn't find that picture, so I don't remember how real it actually looked. And the record holder for, like, the actual, like, record size bear was taken back in the 60s and weighed 1,700 pounds, or 771 kilograms, and still resides at the Anchorage Airport. So, like, even though the story was quite fantastical, it wasn't even the record at the time, which I find kind of amusing. What's that in scale to, like, 1,700 pounds? What do you mean? What, what would you compare that to, like, weight-wise? <sighs> I mean, it's almost a ton. I don't know. <laughs> like, so I, I, I was just trying to throw something out there and, like, you know, I mean, I can't think of anything like... It probably weighs yeah, more than my car. It, it probably weighs more than your old car. I'm not sure about the new one. It's the new the one might be car. a bit heavier. Is it really? Yeah, it's just red. Okay. Yeah, for some reason I thought it was slightly different. But anyways, that's the first story. The second story, again, sent by my dad's so, friend. So uh, I tried to Google things that weigh 1,700 pounds. Do you want to know what the first thing, like, the first thing that popped up that Absolutely. it said? Absolutely. 
Pepe the pig, the the Pepe pig for some reason. Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. That's it. it said it was seventeen hundred pounds. Does not make any sense, but all right. I'm just saying that's a weird. Yeah. It's a weird thing. The internet's weird. You sure that's not like pounds, like dollars, like British pounds? No. I don't know why they would say that. Anyways, be sure to um, that adult, side to side on Twitter, Kevin. An adult male bull moose is fourteen hundred pounds. <laughs> So if you guys, for you Canadians up there who see mooses or moose or whatever, you know it's big. It's a, bigger than the moose. Yeah, uh, it's funny that you brought up Peppa Pig because our next story is about Hogzilla. Uh, so this was another story that got sent to oh, my did, dad. Did we skip over the grizzly thing? I wanted to talk about it a little bit more. Okay, we can continue talking mainly, about it. What else to do? Mainly when we talk, when you talk about grizzlies and stuff, it brings up n- nostalgia things for me uh, because of. Have you guys ever seen the movie uh, Wild America with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Uh, yeah, that's and, one where he and his brothers go around filming stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they get into like this big like uh, bear den or whatever at the end. I always think yeah. I would, like anytime you talk about a grizzly bear or something, it brings me back. It's it's weird that I have like a nostalgia moment thing or like something with every story that goes back to like a children's movie. Is that, that's weird, right guys? Yes. Have I been conditioned? Yes. I'm okay with it. I, at least it's happiness condition. Is that all you have to say about Grizzlies? Well, also do you like, you know, the, the movie, the Revenant or with, uh, where Leonardo won his, uh, Oscar and stuff. Yeah. About Hugh Glass. That's who he played. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I remember the movie and everything that he fights a bear and stuff. How yep. often do you think, like, people back then who were, like, fur people that killed bears or, like, got killed by bears? I mean, it probably happened quite a bit. Hugh Glass was a real guy. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But do you guys think, like, do you think that the biggest bear that was hunted or whatever, do you think they would have killed a bigger bear back then? Do you think do you think there were bigger bears back then than they are now? Is basically my question. I think it's Did we certainly them all possible. Out? Like I, I can't say for certain, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a bigger bear back then. Damn, like wife. a lot less competition for food, a lot less uh, human encroachment. Yeah, I would imagine they could get quite a bit larger. I wanted more out of you guys. Should have stopped at Wild America. Go see that movie, by the way. What guys. about the Chicago Bears? The Bears. I'm glad you're laughing at your own uh, at, your, <laughs> at your own joke. So, are we ready to move on to pigs? Yeah. Okay. So, another story that uh, my dad was sent a couple years later was one involving a legendary hog. Hogzilla, as it became as it came to be known, is a portmanteau of hog and Godzilla. It was a massive hybrid pig, the offspring of a domestic pig and a feral hog. The article claims that on June 17, 2004, Chris Griffin shot and killed the massive creature in, I'm going to get this wrong, Alapaha, Georgia? Alapaha? I would have to see it. (laughs) I I I think you're getting it so wrong that I have no idea what you're saying. A-L-A-P-A-H-A. Is that... I've never even heard of that town, so it must be a very like small town. 
Yeah, or like a suburb of something bigger. Yeah, no idea. Yeah. No idea. Okay. I'm trying to see. Oh, I'm literally like 20, like 40 minutes away from that. You can go see the hog. I could. Wow. Or the remains of it. There is a lot of wild hog hunting down here, so that makes sense. Yeah. So in any case, this uh, hogzilla uh, measured in at 12 feet or 3.7 meters long and over 1,000 pounds or 450 kilograms, making it an absolutely absurd size considering most wild hogs weigh between 150 and 200 pounds, though it's not uncommon to find one able to reach 300 pounds or 136 kilograms, uh, but a much smaller size than what was recorded here. The hunters claimed that uh, the meat was too gamey to eat and too heavy to dispose of, so they opted to bury it on the spot. So that's the other two pictures I sent you guys. Um, Same, both are the, both are uh, Hogzilla? They should be. The one taken at night might not be, but... I uh, couldn't be bothered to like track that one. Is one that's taken at night? Because they both look like they're in the day. Uh, let's see here. There we go. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was thinking of the bear picture. Um, you know, I really hate trying to look at these because then I have to look up and see that god-awful <laughs> box. Yeah, I, clo- I close the chat every time I look. <laughs> yeah, well, in any case... Um, so that's the story. Most people were far more dubious about this claim, and follow. And the following year, National Geographic created a documentary getting to the bottom of their claim. They exhumed the body in 2005, and scientists were able to determine that it weighed roughly 800 pounds, or, <clears throat> or 360 kilograms, and was between 6.9 to 8.6 feet long. Not sure why the length was, like, had that margin of error, but uh, in any case... Certainly still a massive hog, but far shy of the alleged claim. It did, however, have massive tusks measuring 28 inches and 19 inches respectively, which is 71 centimeters or 48 centimeters. Uh, So Hogzilla was a bit embellished, but there's a lot more bizarre pig stories out there, and we'll get back to those in a bit. But I said we'd talk about man-eaters, so let's cut to the chase. Before we do, is there... Hogs really got me thinking about Hank and my hog, you know? There you go. A lot no. of innuendo there. No. Since what I, that's what I call my wiener, call it Hogzilla. Uh, there's mm-hmm. probably some other, you know. I saw a company that's, that their company is called Post Hog. Post Hog. Yeah, I don't remember what they actually do, but it's not selling dick pics, so a bit misleading. Hmm. So, did, so National Geographic made a crappy documentary like they did with the uh jersey devil or whatever yeah um is it jersey was it the jersey devil or the, yeah that like was the one i made you watch like uh, yeah out in the woods or whatever in those woods up there in new jersey that yeah those things are awful i don't know why those they documentaries waste yeah and i can't believe people watch them you watched it I was forced to watch it. You didn't have to watch. I it. had to watch it, otherwise, I, otherwise, if I don't watch the things King tells or asks me to watch, I feel so guilty. And then he like looks at you, and then he makes you feel even more guilty. I can't, I can't stand the guilt. Good. So I guess that's that's it for Hogzilla talk, yeah. Well, unless 
Mike wants to talk about his Hogzilla and more. <laughs> no, I think I've talked about it enough. Alright. There's a lot of man-eaters out there. Obviously, the more famous ones, lions, tigers, and bears, but hold your own minds because there's also quite a few you wouldn't expect. There's a lot of stories we could talk about, like killing catfish, snakes, and mobs of rats, and somewhere down the line we'll talk about specific stories like the Champawat tigress, the leopard of Rudapreyag, Gustav, the crocodile, or the beast of Gavodon, or, sorry, Javodon, or the Savo man-eaters, but these stories would take up a whole episode, uh, so we'll have to leave those be for now. But there are a few others we can cover today. So the first one is the Malawi Terror Beast. In 2003, Malawi met several problems with the local wildlife. A loose pride of man-eating lions had escaped from the Kasunga National Park in search of food since poaching and a drought had decimated their usual game. These lions were eventually hunted down, but not before killing at least seven people. But that was not Malawi's only trouble. In the mountainous Doa district, 100 kilometers from the capital of uh, Lilongwe, a new beast terrorized the population, the appropriately named Malawi Terror Beast. So the creature is suspected of being a rabid hyena, but experts are hesitant to claim that for certain, and many witnesses disagree on the creature's identity, uh, mainly because it had abnormally long legs that, like, don't fit a hyena, so... It's hard to say if that's definitely what it was, uh, but what is known is the beast attacked two old women and a three-year-old baby, all of which died of crushed skulls before their intestines and genitals were eaten by the beast. The beast went on to injure 16 other people, dismembering hands, feet, ears, noses, and even one person's mouth. The beast's reign of terror was so swift and brutal that 4,000 people from four different villages fled in order to escape becoming the next victim. Some witnesses claimed it looked like another man-eater that had killed five people the year before along with injuring another 20, but that beast was shot and killed in August of 2002. And that beast was identified as a rabid hyena. But like I said, many claim that the Malawi terror beast's hind legs were too long to belong to a hyena. Several weeks later, Kam had returned to the Doha district, but the Malawi terror beast was never officially caught or captured. A baby hyena was captured. And it was clearly not the culprit, but it could be a clue that the beast was in fact a hyena, possibly the cub's mother that either went rabid or was simply starving and after its brutal assault on Doa, either staggered off to die of rabies or in search of its young, which it didn't find because it was captured. But there are others that believe it is the resurrected monster from the year before, eager to seek revenge on those that killed it. But the only truth we do know is it's not certain, because the Malawi terror beast was never found. So, like, there is the minor possibility that it's still out there somewhere. I doubt it. I would assume it's dead Yeah. for one reason or another, but... I'm sure it had, like, a genetic disorder. If it is, like, a a hyena, it could have just had, like, just a weird genetic disorder that give it weird legs. It could be. Um, It could also be that... uh, it was a hybrid with something else, but I'm not sure what a hyena can actually breed with. Or it's a skinwalker, but you know. Yeah, or a witch doctor, uh, as you, some of the people claim. When you first started talking about the story, I literally thought you were about to bring up another, uh, like a crazy big bird, like the, uh, oh my gosh, I thought of a bird emu well. or whatever. Oh, uh, no, no, these are actual, like, man-eaters. I mean, emu's the most dangerous uh, animal on the planet. 
No, it's not. It's not even the most dangerous bird. Oh, are you bringing up that weird thing again that looks like a... The, oh my gosh, I already... I, I know I, I can see the picture of it. What is Cassowary. it? Cassowary. Yeah, mm-hmm. that. You think that? You think those can be emus? E- emu? No. Yeah. I, no. Like, it's been well documented. No, 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 no. I'm on the emu train. They they destroyed a whole army, okay? They beat an army. They beat an army. They did not destroy it. They beat an army. If you beat an army, you did a lot more than uh, any other animal. That army's lucky they didn't run into cassowaries in those numbers. So the story of uh, the Malawi terror beast is equal parts brutal, horrifying, and tragic. Uh, The beast's attack left all of its victims disfigured or dead. Uh, But this next story is a mixture of the bizarre and tragic. I was also going to say, it was very pick and choosy on what parts it wanted to eat. Yeah, um, its its attacks were pretty brutal and pretty frantic, which does kind of lead credence to, like, the possible rabid claim right um but also like that could just be that particular animal's form of hunting like hyenas will like have incredibly strong bite force so like they could easily crush a skull and like you crush a skull on a human it's gonna quit kicking and you can eat whatever you desire right what if it was trying to gather different parts for like a ritual Maybe it was making a Franken Frankenstein monster. Well, that's not out of the realm of like the witch doctor claim, so I don't know why if they you're inclined so to believe genitalia, that. But I mean, genitalia is very important in certain ritualistic practices. Okay. So this next story is about Taylor Mitchell, or as she was born, Taylor Josephine Stephanie Lucau probably butchered that last one uh she was born august 27th 1990 so a contemporary of ours she grew up near toronto and as a teenager became interested in performing as a singer and songwriter she adopted the stage name taylor mitchell and released a four-track ep in 2007 she then independently released an album titled for your consideration in march of 2009 I listened to a bit of it last night. She had talent and presence, and it probably would have made her a pretty popular folk singer, given a couple more years. Uh, in June of 2009, she was invited to perform at the Winnipeg Folk Festival, where she received mostly positive review er, reactions from the musical community and radio stations. To promote the album, she went on a solo tour that started October 23rd, 2009. She was also nominated for a Canadian Folk Album Music, uh, sorry, Canadian Folk Music Award in the category of Young Performer of the Year. So she was on her way up. She also enjoyed nature walks and had a couple days between concerts. So she went to the Cape Breton Highlands National Park on the afternoon of October 27th, 2009. At around 2.45 in the afternoon, she passed an American couple near the beginning of the Skyline Trail in Petit Etang, uh, Nova Scotia. For an unknown reason, she turned around and went back towards her car. At 3.02 p.m., a different American couple hiking the trail moved out of the way of two coyotes headed down the path. They photographed the canines who showed no fear of the humans. It was later noted by scientist Brent uh, Patterson that the two coyotes in the photo displayed an extraordinary lack of fear 
one even displaying a dominant attitude towards the hikers, which is very unusual for coyotes. Minutes later, the hikers heard what could either be animals howling or a woman screaming. The first couple also heard it and called it in at the phone box in the parking lot. Unfortunately, they were right on both counts. Four hikers went back on the trail to investigate and began finding Taylor's personal belongings uh, along the trail, including her keys and a small knife possibly used to defend herself. Then they began to find blood. They tracked the blood to a restroom where they found blood on the door, but not inside. Instead, at 3.25 p.m., they found Taylor lying among trees with a coyote standing over her. It took three men repeated charges at the animal before they were able to force it to retreat. Taylor was still conscious and able to speak, but the coyotes remained close, uh, growling and unafraid until a Royal Canadian Mounted police officer arrived and fired at the coyote with a shotgun. Taylor had bites all over her body, her legs and head had the most serious injuries. Um, paramedics took her to the Sacred Heart Health Center in uh, Chetty Camp. But her injuries were too severe to be properly treated there, so she was airlifted to Queen Elizabeth II Health Science Center, where she unfortunately passed away from blood loss. She became the first fatal coyote attack on, a, on an adult ever confirmed in Canadian history. That's pretty brutal. Has yeah. there ever been one after it? Um, not on an adult that I could find. So she's like uh, the only one that's ever been killed by, or only adult that's ever been killed by a coyote coyote ever the it, only it, one that's it, ever it, been can, can, the only one that's ever been confirmed confirmed that's wild yeah it's yeah. wild that they uh, like ran past the other two adults and went to her not re- i mean not really because like they saw two people and like figured that was too much of a challenge but one person walking alone there's also like uh, the possibility that, like, she was, like, being friendly towards it or, like, was showing signs of fear that they, like, reacted to. Um, there's the slight possibility she tried to feed him, but I I think that's, like, I, I don't think there's enough evidence to claim that, and I don't want to, like, besmirch her legacy with that. It could, it could be, like, the crazy people who uh, take in, like, a wolf cub that they think's a lost puppy and then the... It grows up and kills them. I don't that, that that's not like a real story or anything, but I'm just saying a lot. Of, I think like the wolf cub thing happens a lot, doesn't it? They think it's like a husky or something. I think I think that's mostly just like internet bait for the most part. I'm sure it's happened here or there, uh, or like a, a wolf dog hybrid. But um, but I think for the most part, those stories are just like, look, this idiot doesn't know the difference between a wolf and a dog. Um, but yeah. So, standard practice dictated that when an animal kills a human, wardens hunt, wardens hunt it down and typically kill it. Makes sense. Is that a real thing, though? Like, if, it, if an animal kills a human, like, they'll end up killing more humans or something? There, I mean, it's certainly not without precedent. It's not usually like they get a taste for human blood uh, or like any of that nonsense. It's usually just like the animal can't hunt what it typically does. So like it hunts a human and it's like, oh, this was like surprisingly easy. I'll just do this. Like typically it's caused by like injury or like desperate starvation or whatever. But, like, they hunt one down, and it's like, oh, shit, like, these guys are easy to take down. Like, if they don't have a gun or a stick or whatever, we'll just do this. 
So why was Harambe killed since he didn't actually kill anybody? Because uh, he was displaying a threat to the child that fell in the um, the exhibit. Like they they decided that like they needed to kill him, otherwise it was going to kill the child. Couldn't they have just like, uh, oh, did they kill him before they got the child out? Yes. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was after. Still sad. Yeah. Why don't they try to trank him? Because would it take like too a long tr- for the, a trank to actually? Yeah, uh, and like if you don't get the dosage right, it might not work at all. And like, you know, an animal getting hurt can act erratically. So if it gets shot and starts getting lucid, it's probably going to attack the first thing it can, which in this case would have been the child. You know, the world really hasn't been the same since Harambe passed. What if that was like, what if that was the, like the, the decider, like that was the human test. Like that was our canon event. Yeah, and and we didn't pass it. Womp womp. King so, has no sympathy for uh, for this situation. I don't give a fuck about that gorilla. I voted for that gorilla. You better watch your mouth. <laughs> I'm so sick of those memes. It's been six fucking years. Let it go. Uh, so Taylor's mother called for the animals to be spared, saying. Quote, we take a calculated risk when spending time on na- in nature's fold. It's the wildlife's terrain. When the decision had been made to kill the pack of coyotes, I clearly heard Taylor's voice say, please don't, uh, please don't, this is their space. She wouldn't have wanted their demise, especially as a result of her own. Despite her pleas, five coyotes were eventually caught and killed over the next month. Unfortunately, I agree with them being killed in this case. Uh, it sucks, but those particular coyotes seem to be a liability to anyone on those trails and since it's a popular site for hikers and whatnot like if they weren't killed or at least moved it seems almost certainly that they would have been repeat offenders right coyotes are mean little suckers anyway they're mean little things to other animals oh i mean they're they kill your dogs stuff like that they're doing what they have to to survive just like any other animal. It's not malice, it's just nature. Existing. The, yeah. the circle of life. Yeah. So in 2022, a study by Stan Gert, a wildlife ecologist at Ohio State University, um, released a study about the coyotes uh, that revealed the animals in question had somehow, I don't know how this fucking works they've been living on a diet of mostly moose of all things rather than their typical diet of smaller animals that were like they couldn't get a hold of in the area those were bold yeah right like what kevin said earlier moose weighs what 1400 pounds or something like that yeah like they're big as fuck and like can be very aggressive like the fact that several coyotes were enough to take it down like they should These have captured coyotes. them and kind of like studied them more than just see if there yeah. was like a, I don't know, maybe see if there's like a trigger for their behavioral change and like what they went after for food. Yeah, coyotes who at their heaviest tend to weigh less than 50 pounds, like 22 kilograms, were able to take down moose enough to survive off it. Like, that shit's wild. 
that is that is pretty wild like have you guys ever like watched a video of a moose run like the thing is it looks like a like a horror movie with it coming after you yeah have you ever seen them like attack people or cars or like fight each other like they they are powerful beasts Uh, like I, one kick from a moose should be enough to just like completely instantly end a coyote's life. I don't know how the fuck they were able to do it, but it's also really weird seeing them shed their antlers because they just oh, fucking yeah. pop off. Yeah. Um. However, they managed to accomplish that Herculean feat. It gave them an inflated sense of power, leading to them see the young woman as a potential food source. In the aftermath of Taylor's unfortunate death, her mother established the Taylor Mitchell Legacy Trust, which promotes community outreach for creative expression, particularly in music, uh, but also educating education on habitat preservation and the balance between human and wildlife interaction in both na- natural and urban settings. So, I mean, very unfortunate, but uh, it seems like that's probably the the like best result they could have done for her legacy. So like I said, those stories are pretty tragic and I don't want to end this episode on such a bummer. So while I was researching man-eaters, I stumbled across some interesting pig stories. You so pigs across a song by chance called Man-Eater by uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates. I mean, I'm familiar with the song. I thought about singing it earlier, but uh, <laughs> chose not to. It's been a while since I've sung on the podcast, but I just couldn't like, I, I couldn't figure out where to work it in. No, that's fine. It's a good song. Yeah, pretty good song. Uh, so, pigs, right? They're omni... Sorry. Opportunistic omnivores. Meaning, given the right circumstances, they'll eat just about anything. Including prey that they'll hunt down themselves. In the wild, this sometimes mean, means that they'll hunt wild or domestic uh, undulates. Which are large hooved mammals like deer, elk, horses cows, antelope, other pigs, camels, etc. Most of the time, pigs would prefer to scavenge than to hunt, looking for various mushrooms, roots, grubs, and vegetation. But it's no secret that they've also dined on humans, like in the aftermath of a battle or in an area decimated by disease. If you've seen movies like Snatch or Hannibal, you might be aware that pigs have also been used in the disposal of bodies. Although the movies tend to exaggerate the claims of their voraciousness and tend to downplay the evidence that would be left behind like dentures teeth uh hair and certain large bone pieces well there's a famous serial killer that used pigs and they're they're from canadia yeah um willie picton yeah i mean yeah how much he actually used the pigs is uncertain and i didn't have time to look it up for this one um but yeah uh Gross motherfucker. Seems like Canada. Maybe it's got some bad stuff happening up there. Yeah, and they're not just maple syrup and poutine. Well, that's all Canada's known for. Yeah. That and hockey. Yeah. And a lot of other stuff. Anyways, um, so th- those interpretations are not just works of fish- fiction. In 2013, a group of uh, Calabrian or Calabrian uh, mafia assassins severely beat a rival with a spade before feeding him alive to a group of pigs. That's fucking t- crazy. Yeah. In 2018, a Russian woman was feeding her pigs when she had an epileptic... Epileptic... Jesus. Epileptic... Uh, 
they had a moment. They hadn't had a moment. Uh, I wasn't going to pigs... say that, but you did it anyways. The pigs bit into her face, ears, and shoulders until she eventually died from blood loss. Holy fuck. Epileptic. There we go. In 2019, a farmer in Oregon collapsed in his pig pen while feeding his pigs, most likely due to a, another medical episode, and was eventually eaten by the pigs. Also in 2019, a woman in rural Texas was attacked by feral hogs and died from exsanguination. Fucking feral hogs. I was thinking yeah, of that meme the whole 30 or 50 of them. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, yeah, so I covered that one. And in southern France, there's one record of a pig becoming a repeated man-eater, attacking and eating people on at least four occasions before finally being hunted down and slain. So pigs, under the right circumstances, can be quite formidable predators. Which led me to a much more bizarre discovery. During the Middle Ages in Europe, mostly Europe, humans used to put animals on trial. (laughs) (laughs) What? That was too funny to me. Oh. what, what, What reasoning? Why would they get put on trial? There was a variety of reasons. Uh, These trials would often be uh, criminal court proceedings organized by either the church or the secular court, depending on the circumstances. What year was this again? This was mostly in the Middle Ages, but um, it it stayed around for quite a while. Um, In Kazakhstan, a a grizzly bear mauled two people, and in either 2000... uh, Let's see here, what what year was it? Uh, Katya the... Kaya the bear. Uh, in 2004, she was imprisoned uh, after being found guilty of mauling two people in separate instances. Uh, she served a 15-year sentence and uh, was then released. She, she, should, she should have called Saul. I mean, yeah. I, it sounds silly, but honestly... Has the bear I, done anything I, since then? Well, I don't believe so. Uh, she's... Uh, been released into the how yeah, was she's she... been released to the wild and uh, is socializing well with other bears. How was she imprisoned? Like it was like was it in a zoo or something like that? It sounds like it was a straight up prison cell. <laughs> That's I... a little cruel, but like I, I would get it if you like imprisoned them and like domesticated them a little, like in a zoo. Or something, you know, and then release them. I would like that more than just like straight up killing the animal. But that's still weird. You got any other tales on that? Or yes, I do. I just needed to uh, find a link. I forgot to send you guys. It's still uh, crazy that some animals, uh, even the animals, have more rights than women do most of the time. That poor fucking hog. Is it in like a stockade? No, it's it's in the little like like witness box or <laughs> what's with the fucking like mushroom hats? Poor little guy. Who knows, dude? Having his uh, trial. So I so I found some other ones. In uh fourteen seventy four a rooster was put on trial in Switzerland for quote the heinous and un- and unnatural crime of laying an egg. Oh, oh it's one of them trans chickens. <laughs> yeah, it was burned at the stake. <laughs> I bet it tasted good. They made some fried chicken. <laughs> I, I think they overcooked it, to be honest. Oh. Uh, in 1750, a Frenchman named Jacques Ferron 
was tried for copulation with a jenny, which is a female donkey. Now, most of the time, both quote-unquote participants would be sentenced to death, and Jacques was eventually hanged for his involvement. But in a pleasant deviation from the norm, the jenny was acquitted as the court decided the animal was a victim and not a willing participant. The parish priest and other principal residents signed a document submitted to the court on September 19th, er, sorry, 1750, attesting to the virtuous nature of the animal, stating, quote, They were willing to bear witness that she is in word and deed and in all her habits of life a most honest creature. So, hey, that's, that's a good one. I mean, it's not good that, like, he did that to her, but... But for them to think that she, the, the animal would be a willing participant in the first place is insane. Yeah. Like, like before this, they were just like, that ass was asking for it. Little hussy donkey. I, I bet they think, like, it's some type of, like, witchcraft or something. Like Most likely. Yeah. The, yeah I was surprised to not hear too much about goats. Humans? It's like goats are very synonymous with... I guess more satanic stuff, so who knows how we were doing stuff then. Yeah, there's certainly a bit of that, too. Uh, insects, rats, and other pests were also put on trial for destroying, cr- for destroying crops and, quote, instigation of Satan. These animals were oftentimes excommunicated from the church, which obviously doesn't really bother the animal because it's not going to give a shit, but it did often give humans free reign to destroy them as necessary. Did, uh, I, they just wanted permission to like kill the insects and the things from like the church so they because the church had like convinced them so much of like killing and other bad things that they would go to hell so they needed like permission from them to do it most like, likely I, I, like i'm that's what that's what my rationalization is for it i think that's it yeah, yeah chances are it's something like that um Several times, pigs have been put on trial for eating a baby or eating a child, uh, and oftentimes sentenced to death. Occasionally, they would put them in, like, a new coat or, like, in a hat, uh, for reasons I don't fully understand. I think they were just kind of, like, having fun with it. But then they would hang it or burn it at the stake. We're fucking weird as a species. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the final one is a monkey. So, this one's maybe not true, but a monkey was hanged in uh, Hartlepool, England. During the Napoleonic Wars, a French ship was wrecked in a storm off the coast of Hartlepool. The only survivor of the ship was a monkey allegedly dressed as a French army, uh, in a French army uniform, to provide amusement to the crew. So this monkey washes up in a French uniform and the citizens of Hartlepool like have him like impromptu trial at the beach. And they're like, we don't know what French people look like or what monkeys look like. So this is clearly a French person. And then they hanged him. That's insane. I I don't know how true that one is. I'm sure there's a kernel of truth to it, but it might also just be like, like, jingoism against a fucking frenchman yeah (laughs) they were like well this guy's actually a monkey but we're gonna hang it anyway (laughs) that's fun i mean that that, it's cruel to the monkey but that like 
the story of it is actually funny. Like, I think that's... Yeah. There, there's a lot of, like, weird French jokes for, like, French people. Like, weakness and, like, a bunch of things. Yeah, and, uh, like, the, uh... Like, I, I understand some of the, like, weakness jokes because France fell pretty quickly to the Nazis because the government was, like, sympathetic to the Nazis. Well, mm. part of the government was. But, like, it also discounts, like, all the partisans that, like, took up guerrilla fighting in the years after and, like, fought and died to, like, dispel the Nazis as best they could. But, you know, they were a country under siege. It's pretty hard to, like take over or like retake the yeah. country like that also, especially against nazis because they were quite formidable also don't understand american discern for like french people or anything like that like if they ever like make fun of them dude you wouldn't be america without the french like yeah the, we, the french were incredibly influential yeah, in the revolutionary like, war and our like political system and stuff is built off of like them and poland and stuff like our, the French uh, are pretty good at revolutions, I'd say yeah. that. Yeah. Like they're they're also pretty good at like actually standing up to their government. Like in America, like we maybe have a riot uh for a couple of months. Like in there they will burn down like a fucking city if like they wanna like raise the age of retirement by two years. Dude, no, I haven't looked into that since I heard them doing that. Did, has, are they still like actively fighting against that right now? I haven't checked into it in the last like couple of or the last month or so. But uh, as far as I know, they probably still are to an extent. I don't know if they've been able to keep it at quite the fervor they had it, but uh, yeah, they certainly they certainly voiced their uh, dissatisfaction with it. Hmm. Well. That's uh that's what I've got for this episode. Uh, like I said, a lot of these uh, man eaters will have to come back to like, because some of them have like really interesting stories behind them, and I honestly just love uh, talking about man eaters. They're so spooky. Um, so well, next week we're going to be talking about probably the most famous fictional man eater, because we're going to be watching Jaws. Angles. Is it Shark Week next week? Uh, Shark Week's typically the last week of July, um, but we've got a couple Shark episodes coming up, so... Yeah, we're, we're hitting it early. Yeah. Um, speaking on we're man-eaters, them. Uh, will we ever discuss like any cannibals? Because that's technically man-eating. Oh yeah, there's a couple of cannibal stories we'll probably be covering at some point or another. I can think of three off the top of my head that are probably worth talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's what I got for this week. Uh, any final thoughts, guys? Uh, animals are scary. We <laughs> as a species are kind of fucked up when it comes to some of the stuff we do to animals in return. <laughs> so or, I think or we unprovoked at all. <laughs> I feel like we deserved it. Idiot attack from an animal at this point. <laughs> like, we collectively, not like the individual person who was attacked, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, like, I certainly have no problem with what those orcas are doing to fucking rich people's boats right now. That shit fucking rules. Yeah, I've seen that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I I find man-eater stories so fascinating. And there was a lot I couldn't get to, like, uh, like the killer catfish, like, these massive fucking catfish that'll just, like, pull somebody under and uh, eat them because they get, like... 600 800 pounds like seven feet long just fucking massive fish and like in in rivers or lakes that like you you never see them coming it's fucking scary uh sharks uh like i said we'll be talking about jaws next week and uh the week after uh we'll have a different shark story to talk about the lions and tigers and uh leopards have some insane stories uh oh my that I'm pretty, there you go, uh, that I'm pretty stoked about. Animals in general are, like, terrifying. I, I think we don't think, I think we feel a lot safer towards them because we're, like, humans. But in general, if you're alone with most of these animals, that they, they'll kill you instantly. Like, but because we see them on TV and then, like, uh, in, in different ways and, like, domesticated in zoos and stuff like that, we, we don't find them as, like, a threat but they're like all animals for the most part if they're any way like somewhat your size or bigger they probably can kill you oftentimes they don't even have to be your size like like the coyotes like i said they don't weigh more than 50 pounds they were able to take down a grown woman which is very tragic um but also like then you got like the little fuckers like snakes uh spiders um uh, you know, like a honey badger would fuck us up, or a wolverine, or even a regular badger, probably. Wolverine, I think we could maybe yeah. take on a squirrel. Uh, I don't know. Squirrels are pretty menacing. Oh, I'm not saying we wouldn't be, uh, w- like, we we wouldn't be unscathed by the end of it, but we might be able to take one down. Yeah, we'll probably get the three of us together, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um,. So yeah, this this is certainly a topic we'll be dipping back into from time to time. Uh, there's also a co- uh, few other animal related stories that uh, that like I've got working around, but I haven't had the time to like fully research and write it. Um, is this why you went to the zoo to research uh, some animals? Well, I mean, like it doesn't hurt, but also I just really like going to see animals, so it was nice to go to the zoo. I think there's a theme. I think we're seeing a big theme in uh, King's life. He loves creature features. He mm-hmm. loves uh, the, the what did you call these man eaters? Man eater stories. He like all of this stuff. That he it's one of his things. Yeah, Kevin, have uh, you heard the song "Man Eater" by uh, Hollow Notes? Yes. Okay, Spencer. I was gonna say you should check it out if you haven't. It's a good song. <laughs> Whoa! Here we go. Kevin, go ahead and hit us with the uh, plugs. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Catch us for more on Twitter at what underscore we underscore consume and on Instagram at what we consume podcast. And I am at King Hagathor on Twitter. Other than that, bye bye